we have another episode for this podcast and believe it or not we'll create some some consistent content i think this will be great and in fact i continue to have y'all support i'll for sure appreciate that we have a couple more lessons that is a lesson from breakup we had 10 lessons that I did prior. So let's get into this, shall we? Lessons from breakup, part two. Lesson number one. The past will pest your present. The past will pest your present. Essentially, this point spoke volume to me in my life, having dealt with multiple things from my past, like uh, trauma and um, things that I not only had done to me, but things that I did not have enough of, I'd suggest. And sometimes those things, if left unchecked, can affect where you are in time presently. And it's pretty common. It's a common notion that people who leave unresolved trauma in their past, it catches up to them in their present and it continues to affect their life there on out. And when you pursue a relationship, I believe it's quite valuable for even as a couple for you guys to go ahead and do couples therapy together. It's going to be strange. It's going to be odd for you to even want to do something like that, but it will be phenomenal. It will be beneficial for you both to have dealt with things in your past in a responsible way, in a mature way, because it will, it absolutely will affect your present life. And for you to pursue a relationship that you'd consider to be valuable, it'll be necessary. It will be very necessary for you both, if not yourself, for you both to deal with things from your past so that when pursuing this relationship, it can be something that's mutually healthy. And of course, something that looks to the future as being a positive one. So the past will pass your present. Please, absolutely, please deal with things from your past as soon as possible. Number two, face reality when reality comes confronts you. I think in some respects, this is something that I struggled with and sometimes still do. The concept of dealing with what is in front of you right now. You know, there's this Caribbean thing growing up in the Caribbean. Um, your parents would tell you, don't let your eye eat more than your mouth can. And what was I mean? Well, as kids growing up, whenever we have a cookout or you got to dish yourself out some food, as kids, you're like, man, man, I just want all of this and I want that. I don't want this. And then eventually you tend to learn that I can't eat all of this. Essentially, it's very similar for when you're pursuing a relationship. If you don't confront what is and you consistently depend on the what could be or the what should be, it'll affect you tremendously. It's very important to deal with what you can deal with, to eat how much you can eat and do it to your best ability to face reality when it confronts you. Because if you neglect the what is and you start pursuing the what could be and the what should be, you essentially start to break down who you are as a person. You start to lose the common sense of how things work and operate. You know, I find it strange sometimes how social media can influence people into thinking that everything revolves around them. And what happens whenever you pursue that thought, you begin to think that things that do not work out in a favorable manner to you must have been bad for you. And that's not always the case. See, when you're dealing with something as fragile as reality, it's very essential. It's very vital for you to go 
ahead and take check into what's happening at that moment in time. Let's say you're in a relationship and the two of you are having conflicts that are going unresolved and you decide to just put it off and put it off and put it off. It's going to come around. It's not going to be pleasant. So whenever things are happening, whenever the realism of things step in, you absolutely just absolutely must pursue it. You must deal with reality when it is happening. Don't depend on the future. Just deal with what's happening right now, there and then, and make your best effort, both you and your partner, to do that. I mean, just as best as possible. So face reality when reality confronts you. Thirdly, feel what must be felt. You know, I haven't dealt with a breakup. Sometimes as men, I believe it more essentially, sometimes as men, we think that, hey, we've got to be this tough guy. We've got to be people that run from what is there. What am I feeling? What's happening to my heart? And, you know, for some of us, we go work out, we go exercise, we get things to distract our minds. But you're training your brain. I mean, you're just essentially training your brain to not deal with your emotions in a healthy manner. You know, when you think of the forefront part, you know, the frontal cortex of your brain, that area deals with a lot of things that contribute to how you operate. And if you can't deal with your emotions, essentially, you can't deal with your emotions as proper as you should. It'll affect you. It'll affect the decisions you make. It'll affect how you react to things in life. You know, you think about the fight or flight system that we all have as human beings. You know, what happens if you're taking, let's say, your dog for a walk and then somebody else's dog decides to startle you, maybe run off, get off the leash. Your body is going to go straight into fight or flight mode. And what you do from there on out affects the future of that current situation. So sometimes we do that in relationships when we're dealing with these emotions and we tend to hide these emotions. And of course, that'll come around and it won't be pleasant because you're training your mind to deal with these things in a very unhealthy manner. Uh, it's been suggested to me that whenever you do feel like crying, guess what? Cry. You know, whenever you do feel like hurt and guess what? Hurt. Let your body go through its natural waves. Let your body go through its natural processes. And then, of course, it'll be a better outcome for you it'll teach you how to handle things in a more responsible manner and of course that's something we all should strive to do right just deal with not only your emotions but things in life in a more responsible manner so feel what must be felt that was number three a little bit of an insert of course irrelevant to what i'm saying but if my if I don't sound as sleepy, that's great because it's not 3 a.m. while I'm recording this. These may be 3 a.m. thoughts, but it's not 3 a.m. Had a great day thus far. Had a cup of coffee. Who can't go wrong with a cup of coffee? So it's been good. Number four, moving on. It takes two hands to clap. Oh, man. For all the people that's going to make jokes about this one, just go ahead and get it out of the way now. But it takes two hands to clap. And well... As I was pondering over this thought and I was really looking back in my relationship and seeing things from a retrospect perspective, it really helps me to understand the balance that must be in a relationship. 
And you've heard this maybe said before that, you know, you've got to be 50-50 in a relationship. And then I've heard people even say, no, you've got to be 90-10. So when they don't have that 90, you become it. Or if when you're the one that's a 10, they become the 90. You know, and I think of two hands that are necessary for clapping, for performing an action in that nature. Both hands must be doing the same thing at the same time for it to become an effective clap. And you think of that in a relationship. The two of you, you and your partner, you've got to be putting in 100% always at all times intentionally. You know, we're going to be having bad days because we're human beings and we got to deal with the circumstances of life. So we're going to be having our own bad days. And that's understandable. Yet it takes somebody who is desperately clinging on to what is this thing that they're dealing with, this relationship, to put aside that tough time, that bad day, and intentionally show up and show out for your partner. It's essential. You know, I see people start dating and they get into relationships and after a year, you know, the guy stops dressing up. He stops worrying about how he looks. You know, the girl may start to let herself go. She says, hey, I don't want to work out anymore. I just want to be as comfortable as possible. And of course, that's understandable. However, you've got to treat your partner like somebody you're still trying to win, like somebody you're still trying to swoon their heart over. And that means you've got to be 100% at all times. You know, you've got to show up. You really have to show that person that you're willing to be here because, listen, relationships are intentional. If there's anything that's key to take away from these series of the podcasts, relationships are intentional. You have to be intentional at all times. And whenever you're dealing with not only conflicts, but just learning how to better appreciate each other, learning how to better find a way to connect with each other. You have to, you just absolutely have to show up at all times. So it takes two hands to clap. It's great. It's great. Nextly, we are at number five. Individuality removes codependency. Individuality removes codependency. Beautiful. You know, when I was growing up, I became attached to multiple things in life, some of which were very unhealthy. And, you know, most of us may have somebody that we see as a role model in our life. For me, that's my eldest brother. I've always looked up to him. I've always tried to ensure I do things that would be appropriately pleasing to him that he can respect me for. And what happens when you create that fixation you start to lose what you are as a person because you're trying to mirror something else and in a relationship that happens have y'all ever noticed that in cartoons and in animations for them to show people that are couples they make them dress alike they make their hair out to be the same color they make them have similar features quite strange isn't it and maybe we we've seen couples maybe you've seen couples or i've seen couples of course that tend to dress alike quite often right the whole matchy matchy cute look that's beautiful it's great that you guys want to indulge in that of course i did as well it's a cute thing you know it's adorable however after a while in a relationship you can lose that sense of uniqueness that brought you together to begin with right i'm special in my own way i'm unique in my own way I saw somebody, they're attractive. They caught my attention because of their uniqueness. And when you think about that, after a while in a relationship, you can lose that sense of uniqueness, right? That's where the two of you at all times 
must ensure you're still who you are as a person. So maybe I like playing sports before I got into a relationship. Maybe she doesn't. Well, after two years into this relationship, it's exhausting on me because I want to get back into sports, but it's gratifying to her if I don't. And flip it around, maybe a girl. One of the things that made her attractive to begin with, maybe the way she carries herself, maybe the way she speaks, maybe the things she wears, you know, however it is. Now that you're together, maybe the partner, he's going to want to shelter those attributes, right? He's going to say, listen, you know, you probably shouldn't dress like this anymore. You know, you're already with somebody. And that's exactly what caught his attention in the first place. Oh, you probably shouldn't wear your hair or you probably shouldn't speak like this or maybe you shouldn't go to these places. You are stripping that person of their individuality the thing that attracted you to begin with and that's both sides of the table both sides of the coin if you become so codependent on your partner if you become so attached to that person that you no longer can function as your individual self in society it's going to be painful it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough with dealing with life things things that apply to you things that apply to the uh, situation outside of the relationship so the more individualized we are the better it can become for a long-term relationship you keep that sense of uniqueness it's always fresh it's always something new to learn i hear people that have been married for 30 40 years and they tell me this all the time listen johnny i learned something new about her every day or i learned something new about him every day now why is that because they've learned to be individuals while being in a relationship. I think that's quite important. Moving um, on. Number six, commitment isn't for the future, it's for today. Now, of course, this one is going to raise a couple of eyebrows. And hey, by all means, I appreciate that. It's good to have a different perspective. But, you know, growing up and growing up in a, uh, in a um, religious household, one of the things that I predominantly focused on was the concept of marriage and of course it's a beautiful concept for those who decide to engage in it and one of the things a marriage does you stand there and you see people say their vows right in sickness and in health in this and in that but that and this you know they project a lifespan looking all the way to the future and they forget that you need to do little things every day for you to be as committed to each other right if you start to think that a commitment means you're stuck with me, I think you're losing that concept. For me to be committed to somebody or for somebody to be committed to me, it must always mean every single day I am going to do things so that essentially you would want to remain in this relationship with me in a healthy environment. If you start thinking that because you've projected a future, it means you no longer have to do things every day to enhance that commitment. I, I'm sorry, but you're lying to yourself. You're absolutely deceiving yourself. You need to do things every single day to ensure that commitment is fresh, to ensure that commitment is beautiful. It's like a very refreshing sip of water or very refreshing sip of soda or whatever it is. But commitment is right now. I have to be committed today and every day. I'm not going to look to the future and say, hey, because we've projected this life together, things are just going to align itself. Not at all. Not at all. You've got to be able to handle the thoughts. 
you know, one of my friends recently said to me that, you know, I, I really love this girl. She's a great person. But, you know, Johnny, as people look at different people, somebody might say to me, oh, you can find somebody more attractive. You know, he'll turn around and say to me, well, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that I can have a commitment with, somebody that I can build with, somebody that loves me and cares for me the same way that I would do for them in a healthy way. That's beautiful. That tells me that he is willing to commit every day. When you think about your job, how hard it is to get up any Monday morning and turn up for work when you know, in fact, your coworker that absolutely torments you is going to be there and they're going to have something silly to say. Or your boss is absolutely mean. You know, there has to be something that drives you every day to be committed, to be committed to life itself. And it's no different in a relationship. You have to do things. You have to align yourself appropriately to be committed every day at all times. Don't project the future and assume that all things are going to align. Uh, moving on, number seven. Pivot often so pleasure is purposeful. Pivot often so pleasure is purposeful. This is a great one. In other words, change things up once in a while. You know, do things to keep the relationship youthful, to keep it fresh. It's quite interesting. You see people that are much aged, you know, just so older that have been in relationships for 30, 40, 50 years. And here he is, this guy running down to his nearest store for me in Florida. That's your nearest Publix. And he's going to grab a, a bouquet of flowers and he's going to bring it home. And to her, that partner, that's going to be so beautiful, so appreciated. I mean, you've got to just switch things up once in a while because people can sometimes take comfort for compliance and boredom, right? Being comfortable with somebody, enjoying this lifespan of a relationship you've had so far or you're going to pursue, you can become so compliant in that relationship that your partner starts to think this is boring, but it's not boring. You're comfortable and you've got to shake things up. You've got to rattle the nest. You've got to be able to do things that stay fresh, that stay uh, enticing. I mean, you want your partner to be there and you also want to do it. So you have to do things that stay fresh, stay enticing, change things up once in a while. Ensure that when you do have a pleasurable moment, it's purposeful. It's not just out of compliance, but it's purposeful. It's thoughtful. And that's amazing. And I think that'll take anybody a long way. So pivot often, do things, change things up, and you'll have a great time. You know, I played volleyball growing up in high school and one of the things they'll tell you whenever you play volleyball is don't stand in the same spot i mean it's essentially practical right standing in the same spot in a sport like volleyball is of no sense You've got to move around. You've got to be able to get in contact with the ball. You've got to be able to shuffle around your partners in the court. A relationship is no different. It's like a beautiful dance that you both get to enjoy. And it requires you consistently moving, requires you consistently changing things up and keeping that freshness. And then, of course, lastly, happy doesn't always mean healthy. I think this is a great way to summarize this entire sentence, this entire podcast, maybe this entire episode. Happy does not always mean healthy. I mean, how many times do people do things that release all this dopamine in their brain that gets them all excited, that gets them all enjoying the moment, but it's not good for them, right? It's not objectively good for them. 
It's the same thing for a relationship. I've seen multiple people and dealt with multiple people that have been in abusive relationships. And I mean like excessively abusive relationships. And you turn around and you ask them, you know, how can you put up with this? How can you deal with this? And they'll turn around and say, well, well she makes me happy. And, and he makes me happy. If we start to chase happiness in the relationship, we can sometimes be irresponsible with what is healthy. And we can create a delusion in our mind and start justifying actions. We can start saying to ourselves, well, you know, I know they love me. I know this is good. I enjoy their company. So, you know, let's not worry about that. That's delusion, right? That's not justifiable. If it's not good, it's not good. And that should be the end of it. I think it's very wise for us to pay attention whenever you're pursuing a relationship. If you're in a relationship right now, please keep a check of those things. Are you happy? And if so, is that happiness based on a healthy relationship? What makes you happy is not always good for you. And in a relationship, what makes you happy might not always be healthy for you. I'll tell you what, guys, I'm enjoying this. I'm absolutely enjoying this podcast. I feel so uh, cared for whenever I can present material like this and have you pay attention to it and have you tune in and listen to it. Thank you all for your support. If, in fact, you'd like another episode and you'd like to hear some more of my thoughts on this series, I'd love to do so.